Wait, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Too late. I already started. <laughs> Hi, Todd. Hey, Nick. How are you, mate? What are you oh, drinking? Good, good. Ah, uh, this morning, just some coffee, some Costco K cup coffee. Get you going. Classy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it's cheap. It does does its job. <laughs> oh, what are you? What are you drinking? How are you doing? Uh, I'm I'm having a um, Wolf Blast Shiraz, which is kind of like a red wine kind of yeah. sweetish. I never figured out what's the difference between a Shiraz and a Shiraz. Oh, I used to know a lot more about wine before I had kids. <laughs> <laughs> Jessica and I liked wine. I like Shiraz. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. good. It's just easy. I don't know. Certain type of grape, right? It's all about the grapes. Speaking of kids, um, and um, like our previous episode, um, I ran a poll on Twitter about what people yeah. do with regards to um, access to technology for their kids. And um, as that poll went on, I also did some more research. And uh, it turns out New York Times has a wonderful uh, resource. They uh, they did a bunch of studies and they published them in a really cool guide for parents. And mm-hmm. uh, they will, will put in the show notes. But um, it turns out our listeners, as you might expect, are more inclined to give kids early access to technology than the average parent. <laughs> so... <laughs> So it's fifty-fifty <laughs> with you and I, but um, yeah, if you uh, if you look at the um, information that um, the Times um, gathered, it turns out that um, people are more um, I don't know careful with uh, how much uh, internet time or screen time kids uh, get access to. But it's really cool. It's very well done, and it's broken down by age groups. Uh, it's actually really neat. I have to ask. So it's cold there, right? Mm-hmm. It is like blazing hot here. <laughs> Today is going to be like one of the three hottest days of the year. It's it's bad. So I've been telling everybody to just stay in the basement, you know. Nice and cold. Yeah. A few things have happened since we last spoke. We've we've been um, improving our little website as well. Yeah. We now have a new much simpler um, URL scheme. So if um, if we mention show notes, people just need to remember the episode number and put that after keepintouch.fm and that should make it uh, easier for them to get access to it. Cool. I like it. It's easy. We're getting a, uh, a good number of listeners. So keep telling your friends about <laughs> our... <laughs> I've run out of friends, show. mate. I've run out of friends. <laughs> no, not you. I'm telling our listeners to uh, tell their friends. Yeah, I've, I've run out of friends as well. There's only like two. Um, <laughs> so where's the, all these new people coming from? I don't know. It's the internet is a large place, you know. But uh but it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool to see those numbers every day. I posted a tweet with a world map of where all our listeners are from. Yeah. And I'm planning on update updating that map maybe every two or three episodes just to just to show how we're taking over the world one country at a time. Yeah. Like uh, I saw we were uh, in quite popular in Mauritius or Mauritius. I'm not sure yeah. how to say that um, country's name correctly, but it looks like a really fascinating place. Um, it seems like, at least politically, it's very well aligned with my own personal values and principles. So I was, I was very um, happy to learn more about the country thanks to us somehow managing to rank number one in the education category. So um, that was quite cool. Cool. Uh, how did you, how did you make that map? Ah, uh, I'll post a, a link to a tool. Yeah, uh, there's a really nice open source tool um, that you can you can add countries basically uh, to a, a list, and then they color the map for you, and you can color code the whole thing, and then you can also export the map, which is what I did. So uh, now I'm just going to be going back to the website and reimporting my map, and then adding the new countries and just color coding differently. And posting from our Twitter account from um, at Keep in Touch FM. All right, cool. I was in a very poly kind of mode. I also posted a poll on uh, yeah on something to do with security and taking care of apps and whatnot. And uh, it was very interesting to see how uh, how very few people actually care about 
their app security, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Especially in this day and age, if you look at um, all the hackery pokery that's going on, on on the web and how both Apple and Google keep talking about privacy and security. Oh, I was going to ask about um, the the timely news, that, that FaceApp. Is that what it's called? FaceApp? That's right. We're talking about privacy, security, and uh, did you download that app? I'm afraid not. I'm sorry. Oh, good. Neither did I. I didn't do it either because I was a little bit behind, right? Uh, things have been very busy. So I'm about, uh, you know, a day behind everybody else. And by the time I was like, oh, what's this app that everybody's playing with? Uh, I had started to see some of the, the tech headlines where, you know, they were investigating, not sure if it was uh, malicious or stealing all of your, your camera roll or whatnot. But, but yeah, you know, it's, uh, I don't know, it's something you have to think about. And um, there was, did you read any of the articles about that? I have, yeah. The Verge have a good... So I didn't know that... I don't think you can do this in Android, but if you deny the camera roll in iOS, they can still request a single picture from your camera roll. Okay. Yeah. So, so because I saw some some GIF of this, that somebody was was sharing where they had denied access to the camera roll, right? So the app shouldn't shouldn't be allowed to pick your picture to do the the old man thing. Yet somebody was still able to upload one picture. So it's this weird like they they went into their permissions and they said never, you know, never give this app access. Yet the app still had access to a single picture on the camera roll one at a time. So it's like this exception thing that they have going on. That I don't think. I mean, it sounds like you don't know about it. <laughs> no, you should. Uh, yeah, I'll see if I can find that article. I'm, I'm sure I could, and uh, we could put it in the the notes. But it was it was fascinating. I don't think Android has that at all. Uh, once you deny, you know, the permission. Like, I'm very it's, surprised. It's it sounds gone. like a bug to me. Um, yeah, it uh, it's weird, right? It's you would think never, never means never. No, I'm not a FaceApp user, so I'm sorry. There's not going to be much coming from my social media accounts. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. You don't want uh, the the Russians to Russian government to have your face, right? <laughs> I don't mind the Russian government having my I face. I think they already have it because I've I've been lucky enough to travel to Russia. And oh. I, I quite like it. Um, sure, but um, it's more like. I I don't really want this type of one-off apps getting access to my private information because I just don't trust them. And the one exception, oh, yeah. the one exception is Snapchat, which I I really don't understand myself. Like I allow I use Snapchat and I, I I let them use even the camera roll. I haven't given them location permission yet, but mm. uh, I've allowed them to use my camera roll information in spite of all the issues they had with privacy they uh, they used to not delete the uh, offline yeah. cache they used to not delete the temporary files <laughs> well that was all before before they grew up right sure. like before they were public when they were just yeah a couple of college kids who made a viral app but it does speak to the philosophy or the mentality of the of the people like calling the shots oh for sure for sure yeah and and knowing some of the technology that they use and you know, um, why they made those decisions is because it's like extremely easy to just capture a photo and upload it and forget about it, right? To not delete it. You know, some of the, the tools they use, I think they use Firebase for their backend. They do. And it's just like the rapid pace of development where we're seriously, if you have, I would say if you know what you want to build, like you could build a bare bones Snapchat in like a day or two days with Firebase. You know, it's, this is not a sponsor. I'm just saying <laughs> we use it at work uh, for various projects, <laughs> but, uh, but it just makes it so incredibly easy uh, to use. I mean, basically you don't have to build your backend, right? There's no backend that you're building for your app. So, so anyway, yeah, they're, um, I don't know, you're, you're definitely more of a heavier Snapchat user than I am. But my wife, uh, she actually was sending me some snaps yesterday with, uh, or two days ago with our daughter and, it's funny, right? The filters, they're fun. 
They're really fun. The glasses and the dog tongue and all that stuff. Yeah, but they have games now. They have a lot games. of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's not what I use it for. I usually use Snapchat for like uh, sending pictures I really don't want filling up my camera roll. Oh. Well, see, I don't have that problem. Um, I respect you. I, I don't really have the problem <laughs> either. Like if you're referring to the whole Google infinite storage thing, I think we've talked about I don't this. have the problem because I have like two terabytes of storage. So it's not really a problem. Yeah. It's more like I don't want to, every photo in my camera roll that I don't want to have becomes clutter when I'm, I go back to the camera roll to find the photo I'm looking for. Uh, yeah. You don't rely on the AI? Um, well, iOS 13 is trying to make me a believer. Like they do a really good job at aggregating yeah. photos and only showing the, but still no, short answer. No, <laughs> <laughs> I still don't want the junk in there. I really don't. Yeah. Um, yeah it's funny because for any... as detail oriented as I am, I'm like, eh, throw it all in there, whatever. Just <laughs> add more, more, more. But yeah, I, I hear you. They ask you, like, you have all these pictures of, like, whiteboards, right? And they're like, do you want to archive these? Do you want to get rid of these pictures? I'm like, no, no, those are important. post notes. A while ago. <laughs> they were important a while ago, but no. I don't want to get rid of these pictures of whiteboards. With, uh, yeah, so. Fun stuff. Anyway, yeah. Do you want to talk about Zoom? Do people know Zoom? We should tell people what Zoom is and what, what just happened with Zoom. Sure. Um, Zoom, if you haven't followed the news, basically Zoom is this video conferencing tool. I believe it started by a couple of ex-Googlers or something who worked on the Hangouts team. Um, and um, they really didn't like this extra alert that macOS was showing when uh, people were like um, turning on cameras and giving access to microphones and whatnot. So they said, well, macOS, I think, <laughs> or we think we know better. So we're going to install, we're going to install a web server and we're going to work around your security <laughs> 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 or your nagginess. Yeah. And then our users will just be able to um, start video conferencing just like that. Yeah. And it turns out... <laughs> It wasn't just that <laughs> users who were able to start the cameras. <laughs> yeah. Other people who shouldn't have access to it were able to get access to it. And the issue is that some folks who caught wind of the Zoom fiasco went and they deleted the app or used an uninstaller, like a mm -hmm. third-party app, to delete Zoom. And the problem with that approach is that... Um, Taking uh, this route to get rid of Zoom did not get rid of the um, web server it installed as well. Yeah. So the 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 hole, the security hole, was left behind. So um, this is where Apple kind of came in and was like, "Well, we do have this ability of pushing silent <laughs> updates to macOS to those users who want them, and that option is set on by default." Yeah. Um, and they went and they pushed not one but two updates. Um, because the first one was for Zoom itself. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. The, the first the first update was for Zoom itself. I didn't know there was two. Yeah. The second update was for these white-label products that basically are Zoom as well. So uh, when Apple, when they targeted Zoom, but then in the second update, they uh, targeted a couple of other apps that did the same thing, or they were basically just a white-label. So, um, yeah. Oh, right. So it's it's very cool that macOS can do that, but it's it's a very thin line between like, hey, oh for sure, for sure. Um, the the best thing though is that I think I feel like Apple found a good balance here because you can turn off this feature. Yeah. So if you are a sysadmin and say you're running macOS servers, you don't want Apple changing anything in your configuration, you can opt out, mm -hmm. and I think this is the right approach. Like have the ability to deliver these kill updates or whatever, but let people opt out if they don't want them. And default it to on, which is fine, because, you know, 99% of the population has no idea what a web server is. Yeah. But let those people who want control take control. Same as, you know, with automatic updates. They are on by default, but I turn them... I turn those off because I want to see what's in the release notes. I want to know, oh, well, I don't want this update because it might be a bit risky and I'm about to go on a long trip and I want a stable device more than anything. Mm -hmm. So it's, um, I think it's an interesting 
approach and it's a good balance. Yeah. And it doesn't, there's nothing visible either. There's like no nagginess and no, the, the one wish I had is, I wish there was an audit again, <laughs> me and my audits. I wish there was an audit <laughs> log for all the updates they pushed and what they were for. Oh, really? As well as for, say, what's pending. So I could go and say, pick and choose. So I could go and turn it off huh. and say, well, I'm going to apply this Zoom one. I don't want you to apply anything for, say, something else like Nginx, for example, or Apache or whatever. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I, uh, I've i been a an Apple fan and a Mac user for a long time, uh, 15 years or something. But in the middle there, you know, I go back and forth into Microsoft products and... Um, and yeah, a couple of things there that I wanted to to say. They like the when you do Windows updates, right? There is a log. Like you can go back and you can look in the. It's like somewhere in the add remove programs. You know, you can look at all of the things, the security updates that uh, that Microsoft has done. So that's kind of cool. You can go back and look at the log, uh, and 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 see which things they've updated. But then, you know, this issue had me had me. Um, at first, you know, when I learned that Apple was like, oh, we're pushing a silent update, I was like, well, wait a minute. You know, I'm like, that seems kind of crazy. You know, you just do this. And, you know, for for a second there, I was kind of upset. I was like, you know, I didn't know about this. And now I know you can do this. And it reminded me of the whole, um, oh, I forget the name of the feature, right? But uh, but Android is coming out with this in the queue feature where they in the next version of Android where they can push silent updates uh, while the phone's running uh, to the OS. So it's like all these OS manufacturers. You're talking about Treble? Um, I don't remember the, the product name, but they're able to push, if there's like a vulnerability in the OS, instead of having to download the security update and then reboot to apply it, they're able to apply a patch while the phone's running. We had talked about this. Mm-hmm. I remember we were sitting in the amphitheater <laughs> at, at IO and uh, it was scary, right? Cause they could push, they could actually push or somebody could push a vulnerability, do whatever they want on your phone and then push another one to patch it. And you would never know that they were there. Right. So if you were, if you were a bad government, bad actor and you're targeting somebody, you know, say you could push an update, to their phone, turn on their microphone and camera while they're in a very important meeting, record everything, push another update, remove it. Nobody would ever know that you're there. Yeah. And I think the key is being able to control that behavior, like being able to opt out of that. As the user. Yeah. 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 But, you know, I was, yeah, at first when I learned that Apple could do this, I was like, oh, that's not cool. But then I remembered like Windows 10 does this every day. Like Windows 10 is now right? OS as a service where you like, you no longer really have to do windows updates. They just happen for you in the background. They happen during like a maintenance window or, um, you know, they, they also have the ability to just push out these patches. So it's, uh, I don't know. I I caught myself in an interesting perspective where I was like, you know, I was waving my finger at Apple one minute <laughs> while I had completely forgotten that the other major player like already does this. So, so anyway, it was, uh, I don't know, an interesting interpersonal moment that I wanted to share. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, yeah. No. Project Trouble is that, that is what it is called. Yeah. For, for Android to push, push updates. It's cool. Good and bad. I don't know. The problem I have with silent updates is you can, and maybe this is a a segue to something I really wanted to talk to you about. Um, the problem is somebody can deploy, say, a new, and that maybe I'm wrong. I hope it's not possible, but this is what I fear. I fear that somebody could deploy, say, a new root certificate or something else and just orchestrate a man-in-the-middle yeah. attack. And there's nothing you can do. So say if you remember the, um, let's invent a country. Um Call it USB. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because the USA is taken. Uh, so we call old, this country. Old Zealand. Okay. <laughs> old, old Zealand. Okay. Yeah, so let's say Old Zealand um, <laughs> decides that, hey, we want to intercept all traffic. Uh, we're just going to deploy this thing and then have our, you know, internet infrastructure and then yeah. uh, insert themselves in the middle. Like Let's and Encrypt, then, right? 
exactly. is, is awesome, but is terrifying. Correct. Let's then, Encrypt is uh, this this way you can get free free certificates. Yeah. I'm, I'm explaining for our listeners. Yeah, Because yeah, so. <laughs> uh, certificates are, are traditionally really expensive and they don't need to be. So it's just big companies making more money. Um, so there was this thing that came out called Let's Encrypt where uh, the certificate, the root certificate uh, or middle, what's the middle one called? Intermediate certificate? Intermediate. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, it's early. Uh, you know, is trusted by browsers uh, like uh, Chrome and Safari. So now, uh, you know, individual sites can get a free certificate so that you get the HTTPS up in your, your bar. So anyway, uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, the problem is they can deploy a change, listen to what they need to listen, and then roll back the change, and you have no record of it. Yep. Right. And that is scary, which is the same complaint I have against Apple, right? So they can deploy a, a patch. Any of these. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, so, Apple, Microsoft, now Android. Yeah. and Any of them. Maybe, maybe, maybe I miss the days when macOS used to cost money because I would feel more entitled to an audit log when I paid money for it. Hmm. Yeah. But now that macOS is free, and so is Android, for example, and so is iOS, I don't really pay money for the operating system itself. Right. I feel like, well, I can't really. No, I. I it's interesting. Yeah. I can't really say, hey, what are you doing to it? I paid money for it. You can't change it. I paid for this version, not for what you're deploying, right? Yeah. Over the air. So because it's free, or maybe because of the terms and conditions or whatever, they can roll whatever changes they want. But if I feel like had I paid for a certain version, changing the version on my device should be entirely up to me. You know what I mean? So maybe uh -huh. maybe I'm crazy. But speaking of uh, man in the middle, there is a level that we have control over, which is how we secure our own apps, right? Mm -hmm. And I ran a, that's the poll I was telling you about on Twitter. I ran a poll to see what uh, people think and what people do. And many of them just answered like, look, don't really care about it. And I was going to like make myself vulnerable <laughs> on the record about <laughs> how I think about, you know, securing uh, an app, right? Because you, some of our listeners I know are app developers, iOS, Android, whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the like established practices is, you know, to and this is what, you know, Firebase and Facebook and Twitter and all these third-party library providers encourage you to do. One of the things that we all do is we, you know, we launch our apps and when the app starts up, we go and we initialize whatever library with a certain key and then we start consuming those services. Mm -hmm. Now, these are third-party keys and they're in our binaries and that's a no-no already. If you, for example, you say Google Maps for some, you know, expensive feature like locations, suggestions or whatever, yeah, that can cost you a lot of money. So if I take your Android app and I inspect your APK and I extract your API key and then I start making API calls with that, it will actually charge your billing account. And that is a problem. Right. Yeah. And I know a lot of organizations have had issues with this kind of, um, you know, trouble. So there's yeah. ways around well, like it. You know, stealing you somebody's credit card, right? Yeah. So there's ways to like limit API keys to just mm -hmm. a shell of an application, but you can yeah. kind of kind of fake that. But I was going to say what, what I think could be borderline bulletproof. <laughs> <laughs> Famous, Famous last words. Exactly. <laughs> I was going to say, like, there are already trusted... So here's my approach. You you break it down. You take take it uh, apart and destroy it. So I build the app, and the app comes with no keys. There's no third-party keys in it. Instead, yeah. the keys live in the cloud. So I'm going to use iOS as an example. So I put my all my secret keys in CloudKit. Apple tells us that the um, connection between an iOS app and CloudKit is uh, relies on SSL pinning and it's a completely encrypted. There can be no man in the middle, right? There mm -hmm. can be none of that. So when the app first launches, it hits the CloudKit repository associated with the app and it fetches the uh, keys it needs to uh, conduct all further communication. Say, for example, to do some OAuth or XAuth to sign in signing users or whatever. Yeah. If there's no authentication, it can fetch, say, a collection of third-party keys to initialize, say, 
a Facebook SDK or a Google Maps SDK or whatever other SDK there might be, like a crash mm-hmm. crash SDK, right? And then all the keys that you fetch from CloudKit, you just store straight into the keychain. Or, you know, we, Apple talks about the secure enclave and how getting to the keychain yeah. is virtually impossible, even if you have access to the physical device and, and whatnot. And then... When every time the app launches, those are only kept in memory. So they are never written to a temporary location, cache or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they're never persisted in a, an, un, an unsafe like location. The other thing to do with this approach, or the, the other thing you can do with this approach, is you can hit that endpoint that gave you the keys in the first place every once in a while. Or you can build like a silent push notification that triggers that kind of call yeah. to check to see if they've maybe been... Uh, invalidated or replaced with a different version or whatever. Right. Have like a rolling yeah, rolling system. Maybe, yeah. Or you can change them every time you hit the API. You can do all kinds of things. Mm. But the um, the key here, <laughs> sorry, no pun intended. The key here <laughs> is that the credentials are never stored in the binary. Right. So for fun, or I could say for shits and giggles, <laughs> I had to look at some um, binaries that I could take from my phone or my phones, and only one of them did not have easy-to-find keys. I'm talking... I've seen apps that have the keys in the manifest file, which is like bullseye, you know, it's just open. (laughs) (laughs) I've seen apps that have um, dedicated files that are basically... um, this is where I keep all my keys, (laughs) like load this resource bundle and then just use them. It's insanity. Like somebody can impersonate you and you can't actually stop them. Like say yeah. you're say you're building a Netflix client and you don't care about security or something else. Somebody can get those keys, change a user agent, and be you. And there's nothing you can do server side to block them. Or there's very little things yeah. you can do. Or like to even hmm. identify them. But how do you how do you get right, because you mentioned the the SHA, right? Like you can restrict on the server side what the client looks like. So how, I'm, I'm just trying to think of how <clears throat> how somebody could yeah, create another app. Yeah, but all services have that ability. Well, that's true. Um, I'm thinking like like Firebase, right? Or Google Maps. Mm-hmm. Google Cloud, you um, you put in your... You can. Yeah, you put in what your your client looks like so that it restricts it. Yeah, it's interesting. Somebody uh, a long time ago in my my history told me that you never trust the client. You know, the client can always be compromised, and uh, if you're if you're doing anything sensitive or secure, uh, banking, you know, uh, any of that kind of stuff, you always do it on the server because that's what you control. And the client out in the field, you know, you have no idea if they're legitimate or not. Yeah, especially with rooted devices or jailbroken oh, devices, right? Right, exactly. So you can have a, a legit account, but then you you root your device and then you try and intercept that communication before it's even stored in, in the keychain. So, um, yeah, I went to a, you mentioned Microsoft earlier. I went to a Microsoft training back in the, I think it was 1990s. <laughs> oh no, it was, you know, it was the 2000s. Sorry, I'm lying. It was the 2000s. Um, and the, the instructor told us um, one thing to remember about users is um, you have to treat them as if they're both stupid and have bad intentions <laughs> and that's how you do security so just assume that they are dumb yeah. and they have ill intentions Yeah. so if you cater to those <laughs> requirements then you'll probably build a, a good system and it kind of stuck with me because I think it's a good philosophy to have like, um, just don't assume that people will do what's best for them, just assume mm-hmm. they're Silly, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. It works quite uh, well. Speaking of, um, speaking of uh, man in the middle and whatnot, you don't actually need a man in the middle. You, we probably signed our rights away. If you have you seen what happened to um, Google Home? Yeah, I did. That's scary because you're a Google Home user, yeah. right? Oh, I, I just got another one. <laughs> so I have. It's kind of ridiculous. Uh, I bought a home. What do they call it? Google Nest Hub. Nothing is called home anymore. Nest, right? It's the little screen. <clears throat> so we put that in our kitchen so that uh, 
we can do little recipes, uh, you know, cooking recipes, and the kids can watch cartoons when they're eating breakfast, um, that kind of stuff. So yeah, we added another one, but we have, um, I think we have three Google Homes, mini, the little speaker. Uh, we had one in the kitchen, we had one up in our bathroom, and I have one in my office. So now I added our fourth Google Assistant to the mix. Um, so yeah, our house is completely bugged. <laughs> completely bugged. You can't go anywhere without Google listening because it's even on your phone, right? Like mm. it, you know, when I, when I say the keyword, I can't say it because things will happen. <laughs> when I say the keyword, it's like everything lights up and it's listening. And, uh, and yeah, so that's, yeah. What was the thing that happened? It was a contractor, right? Uh, was it a contractor that leaked a bunch of recordings? Stole, I think is the right stole. Yeah, I think that's okay. the right term. Yeah, they sound... yeah. I mean, I think we all inherently, at some level, know that that obviously for these things, in order to work, it has to be listening, right? So number one, like that's just a basic feature. But then number two, like I don't know, I, I kind of assume that they're keeping some recordings for making the service better for training uh, purposes. <laughs> Well, yeah. I mean, they have to learn, right? They have to train their AI somehow. And by giving it things that they know really well, and then, you know, I can tell or, there are times where the assistant just does not know what I'm asking, right? It can't figure it out. And after, and I'll purposefully, not not knowing at all how their process works, I will purposefully like keep asking three or four or five times, hoping that that there's some sort of trigger where they're like, hey, this guy, he kept asking the same thing and we couldn't figure it out. We got to send it to a human so that we can update our AI. Like I did that on purpose because I'm like, I'm like, Google, you just, you have no idea what I'm asking. So I want this to go up the, up the chain, you know, so that you can improve the service. So, so I don't know. I, I guess part of me at least expects that it's being recorded. Um, I hope that, you know, at some point it gets thrown away. But uh, but I don't know. It's not cool that people are listening. <laughs> the thing that's not cool in my books is the fact that these these recordings were not initiated, not all of them initiated by the trigger word. Mm. So I'd be okay yeah. with you going yeah. like, okay, whatever, you know, do your thing. Okay, that, G. That'd be fine. <laughs> hey, Juice. We can call it G. <laughs> okay, G. Um. But the problem is there were snippets that were not triggered by that keyword. And yeah. this person even mentioned that by listening to those conversations, he identified a woman in distress. Oh, really? Right. So that's, then that raises the whole ethical thing. Like, what do you do? <laughs> do you make the, <laughs> do you make the home oh, yeah. start playing songs about peace? You know, like, do you play John Lennon or what, what do you do? Uh, you yeah. Don't, I, I assume there is no remote control of them. I hope there's no remote control of the damn things. Um, but the there's something... Oh my God, for them to turn it on and... Oh, I hope not. So the thing was recording. I imagine it wasn't lighting up. It was sending the things to this person in Belgium, I believe it was. And apparently there are thousands such uh, people listening. That's their jobs, right? Yeah. And Google put out a press release and I don't want to misrepresent the numbers, but I think it was like 0.2% of, of recordings get analyzed. And I also know that Amazon had a similar kind of, um, I don't want to call it a debacle, debacle but uh, mm -hmm. I don't know, situation. They, they had something and, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Right? Or yeah. maybe even before that. Okay. Alexa, the, yeah. The one... The one thing that I do remember, though, is that Apple insists on all of this stuff happening on device only. So there's no yeah. remote, so like with the HomePod. And you know how people laugh at Siri? Maybe that's why. You know, they go, oh, look how Siri, look how dumb this is. And Siri oh, didn't understand this yeah. or that. I wonder yeah. if that's the, that's the conflict there. Like, do I want a mm -hmm. incredibly private, local-only kind of system where I don't, just collect information willy-nilly and send it for an analysis? Or do I want a highly capable assistant, but then I have to trust 
a bunch of humans to kind of respect an NDA and the contract and not abuse the privilege they have to listen to people's their intimate conversations and and whatever. And that reminds me of the whole Facebook investigation thing with people who um, uh, go and they check reports, you know, like when people go and they report abuse on a Facebook yeah. post or whatever, and they're being poorly paid and they are, uh, mm-hmm. they work in, very terrible kind of conditions. The Verge have an incredible uh, series of uh, interviews and um, articles on on the subject. Maybe we uh, link to those as well. There's and a the, lot of people that do that. Yeah, it's it's amazing how many what do they call them, like content moderators. Yeah, I mean that just shows you the scale. Sorry to get off topic, but that shows you the scale of yeah. like Facebook, yeah. right? And people posting that they have. I think there are thousands. No, no, more than thousands. Yeah, I think it's tens of thousands. Tens of thousands of people that just do content moderation. Correct. Yeah, so Facebook hires subcontractors. They have they can't they can't actually run the operation themselves. No. Yeah. It's just staggering though. Yeah. So in my house we have we're a HomePod house. And I have to say for ninety percent of the queries that we make, we're more than happy with what happens. Like mm-hmm. I use it for home automation and play music and shopping lists and stuff like that. And yeah. it's timers. It's yeah. fine. It's more fine. Oh, they're good at a, that stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's more than fine. Yeah. It really doesn't deliver when it comes to like knowledge things like, yeah. you know, what's the like, sound that, you know, a giraffe makes. You know? <laughs> so, well, yeah, or when you ask it, you know, about your poison ivy that you have, you know, and you're saying, how long is this going to last? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And and John Legend, I have mine turned on to John Legend, he just keeps telling me, like, the same facts over and over. And I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I want something more in-depth. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I have a, a Google Home, I keep it in my office, and I interact with it a little bit. But um, yeah. I, that is the story of why I demoted it. Because it used no. to be my living room. It used to be my living room, and uh, uh-huh. I asked it to play a lullaby. Because yeah. my my I only had a child at the time, and I said I'll just play a lullaby, and he started with this ghetto hip hop using <laughs> n words and stuff, and I was like, oh this is not a lullaby. So I was like, okay, you know my my. <laughs> My two-year-old like opposite end of the spectrum. <laughs> yeah, so my two-year-old has words, and she had already learned how oh. to push the button and start it and make it do stuff. Yeah. And yeah, so like you're oh, going wow. to the office, Google Home, and that was it. Yeah, I I did oh, Google for Google this thing, and I found banished I, to the office. <laughs> I found yeah, I found a recording of somebody having the same issue. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah of course, you know, I'm not alone in this world, but um, yeah. Um, it's it's going to be interesting because um, I was reading somewhere that very soon, like half of the searches, internet searches, mm-hmm. will be voice driven. Wow! So that that should tell you something. And you know, we wow. we were yeah. laughing at Siri earlier. I think in terms of raw number of queries, Siri is mm-hmm. still the world leader, hmm. which is crazy. Yeah. To be fair, it's yeah. available everywhere. For iOS users, yeah. I don't particularly love the way that you have to activate the Google Assistant. I don't like the keyword thing. I don't know; it doesn't flow as naturally as like "Hey Alexa," right? Or I don't know the name. It, it's not an actual name. Like yeah, like Alexa is a name, right? And Siri yeah. is like a, a name, and you're saying Google, and it's just not. I don't know. It, it, they're listening anyways. Maybe we'll get to some point where you, you don't even have to have the trigger trigger word. I'm there now. But you see, I, no, I call... No trigger word? No trigger word. So the way... I do, <laughs> I'm cheating. <laughs> so I have it on my wrist. So with Apple yeah. Watch, if uh, you raise you, your wrist, there's a yeah. setting option that allows you to just say, you know, enable Siri. So um, yep. if it's close enough to my I mouth like and... If it detects the raise the wrist gesture type thing, I can just speak into yeah. it. And this is how I, like I this is how I do pretty much all home automation. Because I don't. Does like, it feel more natural? Like no, more, no. Oh really? It still oh. feels artificial. Like what am I doing here? Is this a walkie-talkie or why is it? So it's no. funny. I don't. Well, now I can't tell if we've talked about this or not. But I actually feel the most uncomfortable 
when I am home all by myself and I'm going to talk to Google. Like, I think that's the opposite of how it's supposed to be, right? That's when there's nobody else around, that's the time that you're supposed to talk to the computer. <laughs> so homework, homework for everyone, go and watch the yeah. movie Her. Ah, uh, I heard of it. I don't remember if I saw it. Yep. That was a couple of years ago, right? Two. Yep. Two, homework for ago. you too, Todd. <laughs> yeah, I should watch that. I remember it. I remember it. You said something earlier about your new Google Nest Hub thing. You said that yep. uh, you um, you use it sometimes to play videos for kids or cartoons yeah. or whatever. Yep. Let's talk about that before we close okay. for for today. Um, kids and TV. Like, how young did you actually? How, how young were they when you first allowed them to uh, uh, to oh. you know watch cartoons or anything? Do you remember? Um, yeah, pretty young. I would say, I'm thinking, I would say we, we've like, so not a lot of TV, right? When they're, when they're young, like maybe a year, right? Maybe about a year when they start getting that attention, a little bit of an attention span to actually sit there and watch a show or part of a show. But we started with like only PBS and there's this PBS kids app where um, basically everything on there is, you know, appropriate, content appropriate for um, for little can, kids. So, can you talk about a show? Can you mention a show? Yeah. Too? The, I, I don't um, know PBS. Yeah, uh, that, that's uh, our, our public broadcasting system. Uh, yeah. So they have like a video thing and, and you know, we do Roku's. We don't have cable. Um, so we do all streaming and they have uh, PBS Kids. And I guess the show that we started them off on was um, uh, the... Oh my gosh, the Mister Rogers Neighborhood, but for kids. Daniel, Daniel Tiger, Tiger. that's what it yeah, was. Yeah, Daniel yeah, Tiger. Daniel yeah. Tiger. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. It's a little bit of like when I was a kid, right? There was Mister Rogers, and now this is like the next evolution of the next generation, and it's a cartoon, so it it fits for kids. So, um, so Daniel Tiger, we had him watching that first, uh, but it was never prolonged. You know, it was only maybe like one show. Um, that they would watch, but, but yeah, as they got older, we would, we would kind of let them do it. You know, I still have a rule with our six-year-old, our four-year-old, six-year-old in the morning, um, you know, morning time, if you're going to watch cartoons, like you have to watch PBS kids, like you can't watch Netflix. Um, you can't watch any of that other, like Disney junior, any of that kind of stuff. Um, I want you to watch something that's like more educational in the morning. I feel like there's always some sort of educational, angle or something in the the PBS shows. So um so yeah, we do that. We only let them watch I don't know, in the morning on the weekend is probably longer, but a little bit in the morning while they're eating eating breakfast. Um and you know, I'm a techie, so I bought that thing because it was cheap. It was on sale from YouTube TV was having some sale on the, the Nest Hub, so I bought one. But also because um, we rearranged our living room, so they can't see they can't see the TV from the kitchen anymore. So it was uh, selfishly, it had gotten to this situation where like they wanted to watch some cartoons while they're eating. So now they use my iPad at the table, and now I don't have my iPad in the morning, <laughs> right? <laughs> so I'm like. I'm like sitting there eating breakfast and they're watching cartoons and I'm like, well, this sucks. I want, I want my news or whatever. <laughs> so, so I selfishly bought a different, different device for them. But, um, but yeah, anyway, I guess that's a long, long answer to the, the question. Yeah. About one, one year old, something somewhere around there. What'd you guys do or what do you do? Um, we, we allow, we allow, our like five-year-old to pretty much decide what she watches mm -hmm. um but from a, a collection of things that we make available so we have uh, i don't have any cable either so we have like an apple tv and on that we have netflix and i bought over 100 movies on itunes so there's a lot yeah. of stuff from disney and pixar there and DreamWorks and whatnot. Um, she has, um, there's another local streamer thing that has a lot of uh, those shows you were talking about. And then 
on my Plex server, I have backed up some DVDs and some things <laughs> with stuff like, uh, um, uh, I don't know, um, a bunch of very, I don't know, educational cartoons, if you like. If you ask yeah. me what I want her to watch or what I wish she would choose to watch, it would be more like Sesame Street type stuff. Yeah. I feel that every episode there has something positive right. or something to learn. Right. Yeah, um, that's, yeah, exactly. So I, like if we are negotiating and she wants TV, I would say, well, okay, but we start with an episode of Sesame Street and then we'll see. Uh, yeah. But I try really hard to watch with her. So, and I am one of those really annoying parents that would just pause the TV and say, what just happened? Like, why did she do that? Why did he say that? And what? Like, I didn't understand. Can you please explain? Because so, I want to make sure that she's, if she's watching, she's engaging. Like she's trying yeah. to like understand what's going on rather than just like watch moving pictures, you know? Yeah. And I think I'm doing this because I caught her once or twice being literally like a, a, a legume, a vegetable, just like watching her TV. <laughs> like she couldn't really tell what was going on. It's like, well, yeah. Um, yeah. I cap the time though. Like I limit the yeah. sessions and I observed, like I don't let them watch any TV while we have food. So not yeah. for breakfast, not for lunch, dinner, okay. nothing. There's no TV <laughs> while they eat. Um, yeah. And I also, in the morning, I don't let them watch before they eat. So they have yeah. to they have to eat their food and then we might we might watch something or we might not. Yeah. I always try to offer something else instead. So can let's draw this or we haven't finished that puzzle right. or we haven't done this. Yep. But there are times when like the TV is a a sure thing to capture their attention. So say I need to oh, go yeah. shower or shave or do something. Like if I yeah. need to know they are safe for five minutes without me watching them, yep. like, yep, that's, TV works. Yep. It works great. That's like, exactly, yep. So uh, I, I let them, nowadays <laughs> they watch stuff like, uh, let me think, the my almost two-year-old, she's into Thomas the Tank Engine. Do you know, do you yep. know that? Yep. So she yep. loves Thomas. So I have this massive set on the floor and she watches yeah. it and tries to do what she sees on TV on the train tracks that we yeah. set up in the lounge, which is really cool to see because she's kind of bringing digital and physical kind of worlds together. Yep. Um, there's Wiggles, which is an Australian show with uh, four grown-ups dancing, singing, doing stuff, and it's really age-appropriate. It's really good, actually, and they both love it, and it's good fun because they dance. They watch it, and they dance, and they do moves, and they count, and they, they giggle. It's really great. Um, they watch, they like Minnie Mouse and Mickey Mouse quite a bit. So, yeah. uh, they, yeah. they, li they like that. Um, there's another show. What's it called? Oh my goodness. Ah, Shimmer and Shine. That's right. Uh, hmm. and for a while, one I of the like most, heard of that. yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's like Oriental kind of, huh. you know, yeah. like to genies. Anyway, it's. Yeah. It's fine. It's all about, <laughs> it's actually about failure. Every, every episode oh. is really good. Every, in every episode, something goes wrong, you know, which yeah. is, I was telling you, I paused the show. Yeah. In every episode, something goes wrong and then they just get over it. And yeah. it's actually really good because yeah, is life good. is like that, you know? Right. And right. things don't always work out the way you think they do. And, it, like literally every single episode, something and it's like a recipe, really. And it, it, something happens, and <laughs> Daddy comes and Paul is like, "How do you think they're gonna fix this one?" And then I just uh, have a conversation and let her finish if I can. Um, and there's this other. There was the Spirit show, you know, on Netflix with oh, the yeah. horse oh, thing, because yeah. my my five year old think, rides horses think... on Sundays. Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh, Spirit Man! It's it's not bad. I like it. I like it too. <laughs> Don't tell anybody. Has to say we actually have the soundtrack too. Um, yeah, it's it's on Apple Music. Um, the uh, yeah, let me think. Show. There's a bunch of shows, but again, there's nothing aggressive. There's nothing violent. There's no. Oh, there's no. no one getting yeah. hurt. There's no one. No. And no. I'm there's you know they got enough time for that, and I'm gonna. I don't know, wrong, right or wrong, I'm going to delay that stuff, I think, as long as I can. Because when it happens, like once they are exposed, then, you know, it's 
you start, you really start to see even stuff that's like PG, right? Mm -hmm. And you're like, Ooh, mm, I don't, you know, this isn't really appropriate. I don't like that they're hitting each other. I don't like that, you know, they're, um, they're stealing things. So it's, it's really funny when you become a parent and you pay attention to this stuff that that's harmless, right? As an adult, you're like, Oh, whatever, really, really harmless. But, but, you know, now putting it in front of them, it's like, mm, you know, this is not appropriate. I ask appropriate. I'm like, is this appropriate? And they're like, no. I'm like, all right, we should turn it off. I'm like, how do you know what appropriate means? Like they just, they figure it out, which yeah. is funny. Cause I'm like, yeah. I never told you what appropriate means. Yeah. But, but like they my, figure it out. <laughs> my, my eldest, she, um, she does say sometimes like, Hey daddy, isn't this just for parents? Oh Yeah. You know, like I yeah, think in, they know. Sp in spirit, sometimes it's something will happen and yep. it's like somebody's rude or somebody has ill intentions or whatever. Yeah. And she'd be like, yeah. Daddy, is this for is this for kids or is this just for parents? Yeah. You know, and it's yep. like, yeah, um, interesting. But what makes you say that? You know, I just come back with yeah. questions like trying to decompose <laughs> the whole thing is figure yeah. out what's behind yeah. the question. Yeah. But the the thing with TV though is like turning it off. Like it's once the, yep. once you turn it on, it's can be quite tricky to kind of turn it off. So I have this yeah. like two warning system, like five minutes, one minute, it's off after that. Yep. And of yep. course, um, hopefully my uh, my daughter will not be listening to this anytime soon, but the five minutes is not <laughs> always five minutes. It can be like the five minutes could be 30 seconds sometimes. And then the one minute is 10 seconds and yeah. and then it's off. And it, it's fine. <laughs> Yeah. I think she's starting to pick up on it, but um, yeah. I'm trying to be as fair as possible. I had a, a sad moment yesterday with Olivia where I was asking her about a show. I was like, oh, do you remember this show called Word Girl? It was this one on PBS, Word Girl. And uh, it's like a superhero girl that, you know, she learns words and she uses them to, I don't know, save the day, whatever. And she loved that show. We watched it like Every day before she went to school, we would watch Word Girl. And I asked her and she didn't remember at all. I'm like, you don't remember the show? No. I'm like, oh, I'm like, I know the theme song and you don't even remember it. <laughs> I'm like, it's so sad. I was like, we're going to watch it tomorrow. I'm like, we're going to watch the Word Girl because I want you to remember this. You used to love this show. I was like, do you remember Daniel? I was like, you dressed up as Daniel for Halloween once. Uh, kind of. I was like, you had the red sweatshirt, the whole thing. I was like, you were, it, it's just, I mean, that was only like a year, two years ago and they, they forget stuff, you know, but, but anyway, we're, uh, we're getting kind of long on the, the kid yeah. TV thing and uh, coming up on an hour here. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We should probably so, yeah, close off. We should let our listeners go. <laughs> We've held them hostage. Well, if they want to hear you talk more about um, Word Girl and PBS yeah. shows. Word Girl. <laughs> they can follow you on Twitter, right? And maybe there's yes. going to be a, a story or something on your Instagram at, at ToddTheLand. Yep. And uh, people want to follow you, they can follow you uh, at NickTMRO. That's on right. Various social media. So until next time, keep in touch.